CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. Oh, but that's, I didn't start. Uh, but sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic, where Jesus' inauguration has already happened in the death, Thank burial, you, and resurrection. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Alluding to, of course, Inauguration what, what? Day. Oh, hey. Something happened today. We're here. You don't even know. We got a new president? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happened today? Toby. Toby's been out all week. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think he's going to be up for this. I mean, well, I think he's going to be no nonsense. Uh, he's not feeling too good right now. Straight up. Yeah. So he's a little under the weather. So everything you're going to say is going to be a little sharp. There's not going to be much grace on this, right? I'm just going to let you have it. <laughs> yep. So watch him. So we got, we got uh, Donald Trump became president today. Yeah. Obama went out. And, okay. his, and as our buddy Clint. Or did he? Did he? Well, he moved down the street. Did we street. get Obama too? He moved down the street, which is not like kosher. Like the right. president, when they leave, they're supposed to kind of like like leave town, hey, Gabe. let the new administration take hey, over. Hey, Gabe. Yeah. There's a guy across from me just looking at me right now. Who is that? All right. Hey, oh, we got to announce. Uh, yeah, we got to introduce my father in law. Oh, who's, who's, the, oh who's okay. here? I was getting a little nervous. I was like, just getting into did it. we get a fourth person to cross politics? No. Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. For, Mr. Matt Gray. Yes. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Matt is a, an elder at Christ Church. Yes. Uh, he's been a campus pastor there for how long? Wow. Let me think. Let me do the math. Uh, since 1995. Wow. We're looking at a sanctified so, man. And, and, you were, <laughs> and you were with Campus Crusade before that. Yeah. Uh, in uh, 82, I started with Crusade. Wow. Been in college <laughs> ministry <laughs> yeah. for a long time. Very good. Well, that's... That's fantastic. So we're excited to have you on yeah. the show today, Matt. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah, let's. Uh, did he sign the contract? <laughs> you know, the contract. What contract? That, the contract where Knox doesn't get taken to the elder board because I said something crazy on cross politics. <laughs> that contract. I, I don't sign make... things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. And, and you he know, I didn't sign it either. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah. Pastor. Yeah, but I figured like we can have the session right here, and I can get disciplined live on air, and I can just go home and repent. I don't want to bring the whole family in. It's like, okay, you know, sit down, have a whole my children. Yeah. <laughs> my dad got taken to the elder board because something he said on cross politics. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to Hey, you know, I, I, I see your boy at, uh, at school. I, I, I've been eating lunch with my kids at Logos on Wednesdays. And oh, he, just and, rub it in. And Thanks. almost. <laughs> now I got to go eat lunch with my son. Can, we should go on he, Wednesdays. He comes up to me with his, his paper bag and says, Wish my daddy would come. To <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't. But he, he, he does. He always waves. I'm oh, so happy. He, oh, like good. he knows who I am, and he waves. He's like, 
Yeah. Everybody knows who you are. He waves man. at me. No, but not all not all the kids that wave at me. Oh, really? Yeah, I think because you know he came over. Y'all hang hung out with us. And... Well, he's not hiding sin. That's in his right. Life. That's yeah, right. Yeah, obviously, I'm like obviously he has a clean conscience. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about the rest of you kids in here. <laughs> he's like, I had communion Sunday. I'm good. I'm I good. got <laughs> eye contact with him. Oh yeah, he's always like waving That's at me. Good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All, right, all right, so for kind of cross-politic news, we got, um, uh, of course, big inauguration day. And I wanted to kind of play for you guys. Franklin Graham prayed um, for Trump right after the Jewish rabbi did. Yeah, so they had a Jewish, rabbi, had Jewish rabbi. They had Franklin Graham, the evangelical. And what was the other guy? He was, did they have um, a Muslim? Uh, no, no, there was no, no. Muslim. But Ooh, um, no. what was his name? Bishop uh, Wayne Jackson. Yep, yep. I don't, was he just like a... And then the mo- monotheists open up for the, the prayer. Um, for the inauguration, so fitting. The monotheists, um, basically, um, she didn't believe in Trinity. Oh, oh I'm sorry, oh, sorry. You oh, said what? You mean she? Unitarian? Um, yeah, but she, 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 God of the Bible, but, but not yeah. Trinity, Trinitarian. Yeah, Unitarian. Yeah, that's. I mean, Unitarian has more implications. Does she call herself a monotheist? I don't think she does. Oh, okay. I've just never heard anybody <laughs> self-identify as. <laughs> I'm, of, I'm a non-Trinitarian monotheist. It's sort of like T.D. Jakes a little bit. Well, yeah, then, okay. well, he would never call himself a monotheist. No, yeah. no, but. That's what. That's what he was. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah. Okay. Come on, guys. Sorry, I'm just like, uh, just I'm trying to get the proper I can labels. Use, I can use big words every once in a while, and you guys just like let it happen. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, you better no. watch it. Your father-in-law here. <laughs> well, he ain't getting over on us today. Well, you saw him. You're surprised. He's like, what? Mono? He said that. <laughs> My son-in-law said that. <laughs> All right. Let me let me pray. Uh, uh, let me play uh, Franklin Graham's uh, beginning comments. Uh, here we go. Mr. President, in the Bible, rain is a sign of God's blessing. Uh. And it started to rain, Mr. President, when you came to the platform. (laughs) And it's my prayer that God will bless you, your family, your administration, and may he bless America. Look, you know, amen to that. Amen to that last part. May God bless you, your family, and this uh-huh. administration, America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good. Uh-huh. But the rain, uh-huh. like when I think about rain in the Bible, I think of it drowns either, people. It, it, it gets <laughs> gets people wet in <laughs> condemnation in judgment. Yeah. Did I hear you say Amen when he said that? Talk. <laughs> Well, you know, if you're a Baptist, you're you believe in baptizo, so you you're fine with rain and drowning people. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that inside. I, I, I leave it alone. Where I don't think I'm Baptist right now. Where are you going? Uh, I'm just saying, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, well, as I listen to that, I'm thinking about. So ultimately, what he's trying to say is that you walked up to the pulpit, you walked up to the podium, and it started to rain. So God's showing His sign of approval. Right here and now. Right here and yep, now yep. that you are a blessing to America. As Obama's sitting there in his seat like, doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> I was the chosen one. Uh, well, I, I mean, there's there's a couple things there. I mean, uh, when maybe he's just being nice. Well. But probably as, not. As, as uh, Franklin Graham is a pastor. I know. Like I feel like he's like tickling the ear a little bit. Well, no, know? he wouldn't do, He wouldn't tickle the ear. I don't think he would consciously tickle the ear. I think this is a sign of, a, of poor exegesis. Which is okay. the fruit of okay. why, why we have Trump right now, right? Okay. Thinking that somehow, I don't know how he knows from this, how he's exegeting the rain to know that this is the sign of blessing for America. Now, look, he could be saying, we didn't get Hillary, so obviously this is a blessing. And we could all say amen. And we all might be saying, well, if you look at it in that context, you, I yeah. mean, it's still not a good blessing, but it's yeah. nevertheless better than what we could have gotten. Right. So, but again... 
a, a biblical exegesis allows you to say, um, observe the situation and apply it to scripture. He, where, how is he getting, how is he getting that? Yeah. What exegesis is he using to say, yes, it rained, therefore blessing from God. That's, right. that's way too far rooted in my old charismatic background. Right. You know, the Lord told me today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw this guy uh, driving today and I, and, and he's got this, um, Oh man, what's it called? It's it's called a, uh, a dream catcher. Dream catcher. Yes. Read, read my did, mind. Yes. Did we go Holy Spirit! <laughs> oh my gracious! This dream catcher. You know, you know those the round things and the it's like it's in from the yeah. Native American um, thing. And but anyways, there is hanging in the rearview mirror. Got feathers on it. Yeah, and like little loops. Hanging in the rearview mirror. And you know, maybe it's just a pretty decoration for them. I don't know. So you know, no big deal. But I was imagining for a second as I was driving, like, what would it be like to actually believe in that? And you're driving around, and it's like you know, catching the good spirits or catching the bad spirits or whatever it is. And you're, and you're it's it's like this missing them or missing them. <laughs> but it's like this lucky rabbit's foot that you know, yeah. and, and you're judging your life based on it. Like something happened bad today, and I wonder, oh man, maybe it's tilted in the wrong direction, or I didn't write. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know how it works right, exactly. Right. But but like you live your life that way, and it's and you live your life constantly sort of in fear yes and, and and like wondering like you know is this the thing or is that the thing or you know did i do that the wrong way or this the wrong way if you believe in karma it's kind of a similar thing um being superstitious there's angels and demons everywhere right and right. there's a christian version of that which is constantly like thinking that you know yeah, yeah this must mean this right that, you know it, it started sprinkling oh no that that means god's upset or happy well, it depends right. on which verse I look at. Yeah. Or, you know, it's really hot today. You know, it's, it's hot. Warm. Oh, no, that means, you know, is, it, is there a drought? I mean, now are we in trouble? You know, is, right, right, you know, right, right, right. Everything can be interpreted this way. And I think that's ultimately a failure, though, to exegete the Bible. Right. Rightly. Yeah. Um, God didn't give us rain to exegete. Right? Well, he did. He did. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. He does. But rain itself is not. Right. But, but part of the way we exegete, though, is, is we exegete like natural cycles. Well, yeah. And you're a pastor. You're uh, pastor. You're, you're elder. Um, college pastor. Uh, college pastor. There you go. Um, you can look at someone's life and say it's falling. Okay, and make some good biblical observations and say, look, because you don't honor God, your relationships they're going to fall apart. If you don't marry a woman and you're going to sleep around, guess what? You won't have this thing that comes with covenant blessing, <laughs> right? right? You can make that through um, observation and say, the scripture says you should be this way. When you're not being this way, scripture says this will happen to you. It's, da it's dangerous to, in, to exegete or inter interpret by snapshot. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. If, if you interpret by snapshot, you're get, you, you could see something that looks happy, but like in the con what's the context? And, and don't, don't in, we in the know same way, you can get one verse and be like, I got this verse. Yeah. But what's the context? Don't we know enough about our new president to know that he's not anchored in righteousness? Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. So we know enough about this man to know that he's not a righteous man. So we don't have to assume that all of a sudden some righteous blessings are going to start flowing from this guy. I don't care if it starts raining right. upside down. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. And what if it stops raining in the middle of his speech? Right. Does that mean that like he stopped? You know, or what if the electricity <laughs> goes out on us? Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> that hasn't happened before. <laughs> I mean, is, I mean, like, are you going? How are you going to interpret that? Now, yeah. if, if there's a drought for forty years. Right. Right. You know, has it rained for three years yeah. and nothing's growing, you know, then maybe you start asking questions. But the, well, but, uh, see, we're looking why? at a fruit of something, though. We're looking at a fruit. Yeah, we're right. saying, hey, this has developed this type of fruit. The only way I get this type of fruit is from planting these type of seeds. Right. You know, so we see the fruit and we say, Lord, that's not the fruit that I was commanded to produce. <laughs> right. Right. Forgive me. Right. And we can see that because of what Scripture says. 
So the standard is what's, what, what does the scripture say? Right. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and then and if, if you repent of all these sins and then it starts raining, yep. then you'd be like, wow, thanks. Thanks, Lord. Rec- recognizing that's that, refreshing. That, that, you yeah. know, that it is connected in that way. But we don't yeah. have anything like that kind of clarity going on in this situation. Well, and you, think of, you think of Obama and Trump, and you think of they're, they're both um, very characteristic of who we are as a people. Right. right? On one hand, we have a, a president. Not in good ways. Not in good ways, right? We got, we got ju- clear judgment from Obama, who, who's a Planned Parenthood supporter, LGBT, yeah. um, all these um, sexual sins on one side. And then you got this other um, side of this judgment where it's this flamboyant, pompous, um, uh, you know, ritzy. Um, I mean, his, you know, his wife was, uh, did lesbian porn. He was on the front cover of Playboy magazine. He's been through three wives. I mean, that, that's America. I want some burning brain floss right now. Burning brain floss? (laughs) Yes. What's that? (laughs) Sell that one out. Clean out my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You know? You know, so they're, they're both like very symbolic of who we are as a people. And why don't we talk like that? Yeah. Why, why when, why when Graham gets up there, his reaction is, oh, hey, let's, let's find a positive in this when it's like, it's obvious the fruit of what you're talking about. Well, he about. would have never gotten invited to the inauguration. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, but this is the thing. Play the rest of his, play the okay. rest of his, his, his prayer because yeah. it's, that part was a small piece. And what I think he otherwise did, he did was, an, was an amazing yeah. Yeah. and a bold statement that he made. Let's do it. The passage of scripture comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Amen. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now to the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory Forever and ever. Come on now. In Jesus' name, Amen. You better preach. Amen. You better. You, yeah. Y'all better clap. There you go. And see, come on now. He hey. can dig himself out the hole on that one. Yeah. You know, I forgave him as soon as I, I heard the first part of it. I was like, Oh, Franklin. No, oh, hey, Franklin. Preach. <laughs> yeah. Now look, it takes look to get up there and to say that in that crowd in that audience yeah. lets me know what kind of man he is. He's well, a bold man. You know. Well, and, that crowd's mostly blue collar. They're they're what, religious, but uh, well, there's they, 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 I don't. But I feel it's, like it's that's, been but it's been broadcast all over. I, I was going to say absolutely, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not just there. It's not that just that right. crowd. And, and you you go in that crowd and you ask them if Franklin, if you agree with what Franklin said, you, you're probably not going to get a whole bunch of amen. Yeah. Everyone, oh, well, a lot of people clapped. Sure. Uh, well, you know, you a few. It still takes boldness. It takes a dude. Yeah. He yeah he he did not pick a very uh, a generic. Yeah. Um, no. You know, bland piece of scripture. Yeah. You know, I mean, he could no. he could have done. You know, I don't know. Psalm, First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or Psalm twenty three or something. Yeah, the it, Lord know, is my shepherd. Yeah, which yeah. is you know, okay, yeah. There's it's Christian and godly yeah. too, but right. but to but to pick something that is so clearly, um, you know, there's only one God. Yeah. There's only one mediator. Yeah. 
the Jesus man Christ, Christ Jesus. right? Yeah. Um, and it fit the context because it's talking about praying for people in authority and yeah. all men. He could have did something me... really general like Trump did and said, you know, how good and pleasant it is when all God's people come together. In unity. In unity. Psalm 133. He didn't yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, right. Let me, you let know, ask, he was making a statement. Let me ask this question, Toby. If, if you were Why, why asked, you got to be putting me on the spot? Because you're a pastor. And if you were asked to pray. You know, we have a campus pastor here, too. And, and yeah, oh, let's ask. <laughs> Matt, <Yeah>. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt's like, no. Um, actually, to both you guys. If you guys had the opportunity to to and were asked to pray at the inauguration, and you knew the Jewish rabbi was going to be praying before you, and and then you know the monotheist is going to be praying after you, I mean, would you guys accept that moment? I'll start with you, Matt. Would you would you accept that moment and go and pray? Yeah, I would do it. Not not having any conflict with kind of basically the other gods that are represented there. Well, I would make it very clear who I was praying. Two and through, yeah. just like what Franklin did. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't turn that down. Yeah, and and there's uh, I have no dog in the fight in terms of I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to be right politically personally damaged. Right, right. You, there's not much for you to lose on that at the end of the day. Right, right. Yeah. So you can say whatever you want to say and walk away feeling <laughs> like, hey, now, I'm good. You aren't now, gunning for a cabinet position. Hopefully I would pray that way even if I did have something, something to lose. Right, right, right. But, but I know it would be easier for me to say yes. Yeah. Tell me. Wait, We're coming to the end of this. And I want to okay. ask, what would you pray when we come back? Uh-oh. When we come back across Uh-oh. politics, we're going to hear some inaugural prayers <laughs> from our two elders. <laughs> How would they pray if they were asked to? No. Hey, president inauguration. <laughs> Cross politics. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. People often ask for a methodology for defending their faith. So I've come up with what I like to call the two-move checkmate. Step one, no matter what objection they give that contradicts the Bible, tell them this, that's not what the Bible says. I don't believe Noah's Ark was real. That's not what the Bible says. I don't believe that Jonah was in a big fish for three days. That's not what the Bible says. I don't believe that Jesus ever walked the earth. That's not what the Bible says. No matter their objection, that's not what the Bible says. What are they going to say? I don't believe your Bible. That dusty old book written by Bronze Age goat herders? Of course, to that an appropriate response would be, so what? Instead, I give them step two. You don't believe my Bible? So you don't believe that it's true. Well, obviously you believe in truth, so let me ask you this. Where do you get truth without God? Then you dismantle the absurdity of their response. Step one, that's not what the Bible says. Step two, where do you get truth without God? For more apologetic answers, visit www.proofthatgodexists.org.
What are we doing? I just dropped my beer. You dropped your beer in my studio? I, I dropped this beer all over your floor. I'm what? sorry. No, it was. I'm glad that Gabe's first response is not to hand me a napkin. He's hand me more hand, beer. Hand me more beer. <laughs> you are a true friend, Gabe. Uh, yeah. Whoa! You don't have any beer in your cup, man. <laughs> too, too. He actually had too much if he's dropping it on my floor. Where's here? Here, let me Did get you. Hear any wires? Well, welcome back to Cross Politics, <laughs> where I've just spilled my beer. I don't know if I we, appreciate this. We have. Uh, Give me that. Hurry up. <laughs> I get it. You keep I, talking. I I'll was, clean it up. It wasn't much. It Master wasn't much. Eyes get it. No. <laughs> All right, so are we live right now? Yeah. All right, we're doing it. All right, so we're we're coming back, and and, and Chalk Chalk Knox left the. I can hear you. Uh oh, something's buzzing. Oh, Yeah, you're buzzing. Did I hit it? Yeah. All right, we need to we need to start this episode over. <laughs> start this segment over. Yeah, beer beer got in there. Okay, that's better. There's that. It's that cord right there. Just right. don't touch that. We cord. fix it, everybody. It, that means that God's blessings on the show. You know what that? Yep. Because if that buzz would have kept happening, it was been the demons. Then that it was over, and that was we could do the segment. That was Satan. You see how we interpret this? Are we really and keeping that, going? Yeah. I mean, yes. because, Why not? <laughs> this is how we roll. All right. All right. So, so Chalk Chalk knocks. Um, uh, <laughs> outro the segment. You want me to do this? Talking, yeah, they want you to. Okay. Do it. Okay. Welcome back to Cross Politic, everybody. <laughs> so when we left, we asked our um, college pastor. If he would pray the inauguration yeah. for Donald Trump, knowing that we had a monotheist, a rabbi, a rabbi and I don't know what the other guy was. Monotheist. I, I still can't get my... <laughs> you know, that's, that's Gabe's words. <laughs> Gabe's words. And he said, of course, he wouldn't miss the opportunity to do so. But now we're going to ask, what would he pray? Yeah, yeah. Knowing you're in that situation, knowing that you have hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions of people listening to you, what's, what's your prayer going to be? I would make the heart of it. <laughs> would be a prayer that uh, the president would turn to scripture for definitions of the way the world works mm. that god's word would define what male is what female is what mm. sexuality is what truth is what a lie is and on down the road what justice is correct mm. yeah. how we handle money mm-hmm. mm. you telling them to anchor his 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 presidency in righteousness and, and how you do it. And what, what I'd do is I'd go grab the president and bring him up to the podium with me and lay my hands on him while I pray. Wait, yeah, wait, I'm yes. with that. Yes. So get some oil. You get some hands. <laughs> no, lay your hands on him and you say, I pray that this that he'd be established in truth of the word of God, that he would read. You, you'll go next. You go overturn next. Roe v. Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with that. Amen. And, and, and as you're laying your hand on him amongst all these people, that'd be powerful. Yeah, I think you'd be probably be smacking him a little bit. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? Trump's hair. <laughs> I might start playing a little organ while I'm praying. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor Toby. If you had to, would you? Yeah, for, yeah. First of all, yeah, I would. Yep. Um, I think I think I would do it in such a way that I would. I would. Uh, this is what Matt said already, but I think I would want to make it clear what I meant by what I was doing. That I, um, I'm not there believing that there's many gods and many ways to God and you know yeah Franklin all. did that yeah right, right. really clear so so I, I I think you can you know imagine yourself in a situation in uh, the early church you know maybe it's the second century and you're in the Roman Empire it's yeah. a polytheistic empire yeah you know Christianity isn't fully legalized or recognized yet still in the fringes whatever if for some reason you get invited to do that you would do it as a Christian um, and you'd want to testify to the truth of Christianity and Christ right. as Savior right. and Lord over all. Though by doing it, 
I think there's a way of doing it that testifies to the truth of all of that, which does confront the lies around you, right? But but isn't necessarily um, uh, completely a um, a grenade to the scene, so to speak. Like you know, right, yeah. like, like you know, you don't have to go in and and get out your Uzi, you know, your scripture Uzi, yeah, and light up the place, right? Yeah. But you can say, I'm here on behalf of the God of Heaven, mm-hmm. who sent His Son Jesus. And, and, and which you are accountable to, and, well, I'm accountable to, and everyone's <laughs> right. accountable and everyone's to. Everyone's accountable to, yeah, right. Um, which is, you know, again, I think, I think, you know, Paul does that on, you know, um, in, in Acts when he's on Mars Hill and he's talking to him about the, you know, this, this, they've got this monument to the unknown God, and he says, "Hey, I actually, I know the God that you don't know. Let me, let me yeah. tell you, yeah. let me tell, let me tell you, about you. This, God. Yeah, yeah. this is the God who made right. heaven and earth, made all peoples from one blood, um, and He's given joy to everyone in their seasons. But in fact, now He's calling everybody to repent through His Son Jesus Christ, who died and rose again and is now seated at the right hand. Yeah. Um, so, would you would you have anything on like repentance? Father, forgive us for yeah. murdering well, well, 50, 50 million babies and, yeah. and I mean, for I, homosexual marriage. And- sure. I, well, I think I think you could. Um, I think it would be. Um, I think we could. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to know that given the moment, like what yeah. um, what you would need to do to be faithful in that moment. They probably gave him thirty but, seconds. You have thirty seconds. Yeah, right. to say it. But um, his prayer is about a minute, so it's probably sixty seconds. What do you okay. Think? Yeah. But I would say, um, but that, actually, that was kind of one of the first words that I thought of when I you were. You told me that you were going to ask me what I was going to pray. <laughs> what I'm going to pray. But, yeah, um, right. but, but the word I thought of was repentance. And, yeah. and, right. and so, like, I mean, I, th- I think both, because whenever we ask for God's blessing, you, you can't ask for God's blessing automatically. I mean, I mean, you can, and God blesses. But, but at the same time, um, if you understand who God is, and you're sinning against God, and you say, God, please bless me. Right. You know, you're committing adultery. You say, God, please bless me. Or I'm, right. you know, you're robbing a bank. God, please bless me. You're doing something that is actively asking God not to bless you. Right. You're actually asking God to curse you. And so if you want God's blessing, you, ought, you're, you want your life to reflect the sh- that, that same prayer. Right. Your, your life should be a prayer asking for God's blessing. So you love your wife yeah. asking for God's blessing. Yeah. You teach and discipline yeah. your children you asking for God's blessing. You yeah. don't steal. And you work hard with your hands and you give generously in order to ask for God's blessing. Amen. And so if you're going to stand up and ask for God's blessing on the nation and on this new you have to president, repent, yeah. then you, you, you've you got to, sh- your prayers got to be shaped, recognizing what are the things that are currently getting in the way of that blessing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so, Ooh, I, that's so, good. so I think there would have to be at least some recognition that there are things going on in our land for which we need God's forgiveness and we need to repent. And exactly to what, in what, into what depth you go to and how detailed you get, uh, that would have to, you know, well, yeah. And one of the, but, yeah, one of the criticisms, I'm sorry, go ahead. Who said that? Nobody. Okay. You were hearing, hearing, hearing the spirit. Hearing things. You're hearing the spirit. I was in your beats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the things that um, when I posted my comment on Twitter and Facebook, I got a lot of my um, really narrow gospel friends to comment and say. What comment? Um, I posted, I said, oh, that Franklin Graham's prayer was on point, except for that rain part. Everything was You're really on Twitter? Good. Sometimes. How how could people find you on Twitter? What? Oh, you, you mean, <laughs> at Cross Politics. <laughs> There's chocolate underscore Knox. Okay. So what'd you say? Um, and, and I said, you know, outside of Franklin Graham's rain comment, his prayer was on point. You know. And what did and, your friends say? And they responded and said, "If only he would have preached the gospel, I could agree with you." What? So he did. So yeah. well, only yeah. mediator no, no, no. Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. That's not the gospel. You talked about Jesus, but the gospel requires repentance and faith. And if he didn't say repentance and faith, then therefore, faith, therefore, he didn't preach the gospel because they don't know what to do. Now, now that's that's their response. Mm. That's kind of your 
really narrow. I'll even say it. There's some MacArthurite gospel people. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. I, I said Uh-oh. it. You named I said it. it. You named it. You claimed it. it. Send, send your comments to contact. And contact. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, but I think, but what, what I think is missing there is that if you go and you talk, it's really interesting talking to pagans. We'll talk about this in a second, too. You know this from being on the campus that you don't have to say too much about Jesus before the pagans know what it is they need to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you ask a pagan who right. is against God and you said there's only one God and one mediator to do God, the man Christ Jesus, they know what that means. Because right. Romans 1 says that they already know. Yes. They already know. Yeah. They're, su- they're, they're, they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. Yes. They, they right. know there's a maker. They know right and wrong. They know that they're not doing what is Right. Yeah. They know that they're doing what's wrong. And, and you gave more than general information, you, general revelation. You gave way more than general revelation when you say there's one God yeah. and there's one mediator to that God, the man Christ Jesus. They got way more than what they get on right. a daily basis seeing the right. sun rise. Right. And you told. And so they know what that means. Now, the Christian is like, you didn't give enough information. Right. Well, maybe not for you. <laughs> you know, may, maybe, maybe maybe that wasn't enough gospel for you. But that person the they know what that requires of them they know what them and that's why they don't like it you know and so uh, those kind of comments well, always bother me when people say well you, you didn't give them the gospel it's like, well by that by that measure though then like jesus himself fails to give the gospel a number of times, number of times. in the yeah. gospels yeah. he just says the kingdom of heaven is at hand yeah, yeah. i mean sometimes <laughs> he says repent but a lot of times he just says the kingdom of god yeah come on kingdom of god which what does that mean it means that god's rule is is coming to earth yeah right that's right and and then you got to reckon with that and which can which is going to mean that you've been living in a way that isn't in accordance with god's rule yeah so you're going to have to repent and how do you repent well you're going to gave god his bible oh come on come on i'm bringing the word out he's bringing the bible what does what does paul say in galatians what does he say the gospel uh he says talking your microphone so people can hear you all right all right my bad my bad What is what is he says, uh, he says if, if I'm angel, focusing on my Bible, <laughs> <laughs> he says, what does Paul say in Galatians that the gospel is and the scripture in verse verse eight, chapter three says, Preach, preacher. and the scripture for seeing that God would justify the nations by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. So Abraham got the gospel. What Which was that was, gospel? I will Which make was, you a father of many nations. I'll bless you, all the nations. Through all you. the nations will be blessed. Yeah. That was the gospel. Yeah. But we have a clear, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate, yeah. but Gabe. <laughs> you guys we, we have so much of a clear revelation than abraham had and you know we have way jesus has resurrected since then brother and we our job is to be as clear and as um accurate as possible when it comes to presenting the gospel because we don't want to get in the way of the work of the spirit i i agree so then so then you agree with me right. that gate that you you agree but, that graham didn't but the problem, but the problem is, is I'm not defining clarity based off how some blind person doesn't see. Yeah. Right. I'm defining clarity based off what God says the gospel. I like that. Is. I can have You like that one? That's, that's you like good. that? That's good. I'll give you that. Right. Wait, and wait, wait, you gotta say that again. I was reading something else. Hey, uh, hey. We're only doing a podcast. Yeah, well, well, Toby, uh, for one time, just pay attention to me. What? <laughs> Did you say something? Huh? Did you say something over there? I just said. I just said. I don't define clarity based off what the blind man doesn't see on the other side of the aisle. I define. Ooh. I define. That's yeah. good stuff. Okay. Right there. That's good. Like that? Yeah. Like Pound it up. Yeah. All right. You, okay. How about you can use that in your sermon? Go I'll, ahead, Matt. I'll, I'll pipe in here in in campus minister terms. I think it's just very very simple. The, in John three, it says, uh, "And men love the darkness more than the light because their deeds were evil." Yeah. Okay. There's the gospel. Okay. <laughs> It's right there. Yeah. The light, it comes as light. 
and and it exposes their sin. And if you want to keep your sin and the light exposes it, you either move further in the darkness or you turn off the light switch. You you, you get rid of the light. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And so I love that light darkness metaphor. It just clears it all up. Yeah. And if I'm going to talk about a mediator and get a rise out of people, it's because they recognize that Jesus as the mediator is light and they know where that's going. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah that's right. And, 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 and that's- it's all right there. It's like, I, I think this is a Tim Keller thing. I can't remember, but... Um, so he, Whoa, uh, we don't do much. It, it might watch be a, a Gabriel Wrench thing. Watch this. Maybe. Watch this. Maybe. It, uh, maybe. It's totally solid. He, he said, I think it's at one point he said um, that sometimes in his ministry, when a college guy comes to him and says, I'm really struggling with my faith, I just don't think I can believe in God anymore, he says, what's her name? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and how long have you been sleeping with her? Oh. oh. But that's what Matt's talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm having trouble with God right now. I'm yeah. just really struggling with yeah. God. Yeah. Right. Well, tell me about your porn problem. Yeah. Ooh. Well, no, Toby, you just need to preach him the gospel. Uh, I am. <laughs> it is the gospel. <laughs> that's I'm gonna, my whole that's point. It. I'm going to bring some light to bear on this, and the light is, what's her name? I think- You've got a different God up in <laughs> that, here. That's exactly right. right. That's Amen. right. You're, you're serving your own pleasures right I, now. I think people who talk like that, what they're actually doing is minimizing the gospel. See, they think that because you didn't, you weren't explicit in uh, saying right. it this way. Oh, absolutely. That they, that, that therefore you didn't get any gospel. Right. Well, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> right. And, and in fact, you end up not actually in a certain way. You almost obscure the gospel. Exactly. Because you're not shining the light right where it needs to go. Exactly. Okay. So oh, let me let me push so back right here. I, I think there's a number of evangelical megachurch pastors who water down the gospel or who are. Who are Gabe's always going after those, you know, mega those tight pants pastors, yeah. right? Latte right, e- pastors. emo emo latte yeah. pastors. That's right. Yeah. Starbucks hours and everything. I, right. I, sometimes I'm worried he's talking about me. <laughs> now your pants ain't that tight. I've, I've never I've never sat down with Toby at Starbucks. <laughs> and you and you drink beer and spill it all over people's studios. You know, so it's all right. But and I think I think I would push. I, I would have a problem that they're being too ambiguous or being too soft or being too. You know, not sure. as forward but they're as not, we want them to. But they're not, sh- they're not shining the light on the darkness. They're not. Sh- that's okay, the problem. that out a little so, bit. So they're not, they're not standing up and saying, you know, they, they may be talking about current events or they may be talking about pop culture. Right. They, you know, making, you know, references to, you know, whatever the latest Netflix binge watching yeah. thing the people are doing. But yeah. like, it's like they're not actually taking the light of the gospel and shining it in the dark places in their people. Well, no. I'm Hold on. I'm with Gabe on a little bit on this because. He, a pastor does a topic on, you know, it's like Game of Thrones. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so the Holy Spird is like I don't like even Hod- know what that is. Yeah. The Holy Spirit <laughs> is like Hodor. <laughs> right? And he holds he holds back all the wickedness. It, I saw it on Facebook. Okay, guys, don't look at you me You saw like this that. analogy on Facebook? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying Matt, that. Matt, you hear that? He's, he's been I, watching Game of Thrones. I'm going to bring this up with the elders. Yeah, here we go. Elders. I saw it on Facebook, people. Um, and, what are you doing reading those kind of posts? <laughs> it's my friends you gave me. Um, so they use the analogy and they use a movie to say, see, God is like this. And so, and he holds back things. For, and they're still, they're, in one sense, like, yes. Right, yeah, 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 but don't exegete Game of Thrones yeah. and tell me about that, Jesus. That's my whole point. That's my whole point. Is that, right. is that they're not. They're actually. They're they're taking darkness, which is you know, Game of Thrones, right, right? And they're pretending that that darkness is actually shedding light on things when it's not. Mm. It's continuing to obscure the whole problem. 
mm. rather than actually saying the gospel says, you know, why are you filling your mind with filthy things? Right, right. Why are you being discipled by people who hate Jesus? Yep. Yes. Why are you spending your time and money supporting an industry uh, that props up the murder of the unborn? Oh. Right? Yeah. Suddenly, your church is not so popular anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you would call that a false teacher, false preaching, false. Yeah, or, yeah it's, it's, or it's at least heavily, heavily muffling the gospel. Watered down. It's watering it down. It's muffling it. And maybe there's good people behind the scenes doing good work. Which but, is the same thing Graham does to me when he's talking about, you know, when you walked up, it started raining. You know what yeah. rain is? Rain is a sign of blessing. Yeah. It's watered down Christianity. Sure. It's, she's like, yeah, I, I didn't sure. want to make that connection. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah if you want to say that, I mean, I'll, but that's, that's I'll let true. you have it, no, Chuck. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> so, well, let's take let's take a couple minutes here to kind of get into our before we get into our next segment to start talking about kind of college ministry. Yeah, which um, we have a bunch of that coming which up. Which we have a lot. <laughs> we we yeah. we uh, I think we got to take our break here, but then we come back and we're going to talk to Matt about his ministry. Yep. I want to hear about how he got into it yep. and um and then talk about what we got going on uh, this coming week. Vody Bakum. Vody From yeah. Zambia. I want to talk to the angry Vody. You guys heard about that? The angry Vody? Is there an angry Vody? You don't know about that? No, right. no. Is the it like Martin Luther? I, I'm going to try angry and get Martin the angry Vody to come out when we talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. You got your beer? I got it. Okay. It's gone. Is it safe? Okay. <laughs> it's very safe now, I assure you. <laughs> we got... Um, Mr. Matt Gray with us today. Matt Gray is a campus pastor at Christ Church. He runs Collegiate Reform Fellowship, uh, which is the joint uh, college ministry of Christ Church and Trinity. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah joint. Um, and, um, Look at that fellowship. That's nice. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's some Psalm 133 action right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt, Matt um, before they distract me, I wanna, I wanna, we really do want to talk to you. Um, I think, first of all, start by just telling us a little about yourself. And, and maybe starting with sort of how you came to the Lord. Okay. Well, you know, first I just want to say thank you for having me on. And, do you and really feel like that? I do. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And His eyes have been getting wider and wider. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just saw his chair sneaking what, closer to the door. What's like, my son-in-law doing? <laughs> and uh, after being a part of the earlier segment, I, I'm starting to feel this. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. But I, I do want to acknowledge that I, I am the oldest guy here. Amen. And the wisest. Uh, well, that will be seen. Well, you and, said and little so far. <laughs> I, I uh, of course, I remember when Toby first came to town in, with his baggy pants, skateboard, yes. and dreads. Oh, um, I didn't want to say it. And, of course, uh, I remember Gabe when he first came into town. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. What was so, I wearing? 
bright orange. That's about all. I remember. <laughs> he still wears that. Yeah. He still wears that. That's not so, changed. Uh, so uh, I've been here in Moscow since 1986. So uh, mm. it wasn't the body shop days of Christ Church, but just after that. Uh, but it's been uh, my privilege to be the campus pastor since 1995. Prior to that, I was with Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, but, but you were still at Christ Church when you were at Campus Crusade. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And um, But to back up a little bit, I, uh, I grew up on the Oregon coast. I uh, was raised in a, uh, in a Catholic uh, tradition. My mother was a devout Catholic. My father was um, more or less agnostic. Uh, I hold my parents in very, very high regard. My father taught me how to work. Mm. And, and I meet so many young men today who have not been taught how to work, Yeah, uh, how to work hard, what it means to sweat, and how to find that satisfaction and gratification in it. And yeah. that was a great gift my, my father was to me. My mother is the kindest, tender-hearted person I've ever met, and uh, she's still alive. She's 90 years old and a wonderful, wonderful lady. Um, she is a devout Catholic. She intended to raise her seven children in that tradition. And... Um, you know, not to go into all the details, but I'll, I'll speak about my personal experience. What I gained from my Catholic upbringing was a tremendous sense of guilt mm. and mm. a tremendous, uh, terrifying fear of God. And so because of that, I look back on that now and I say, thank you. Thank you mm. for that. Mm. Because that was a seedbed for the gospel to take root. Yeah. Okay. Right. So my upbringing was one of fear and trembling. When I uh, did hear the gospel in... Um, you know, in, in college is where I heard it laid out in the typical evangelical manner, and I prayed to receive Jesus, uh, and, and I had somewhat of an emotional experience when I did that, and I did receive an assurance that I was forgiven. Mm. Whether or not that was the point when I was actually born again, I, I'm not exactly sure, because there were some other things going on in my life that I can look back and see God's hand steering me, directing me, huh. um, and showing us kindness to me. Uh, but it was at that point when I understood that, that I did, I could have a personal relationship with Jesus mm. in that he died for my sin, not just for sins. He died for my sins. And so I, um, and you were led to the Lord by navigators, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, uh, some guys, uh, knocked on my door, cold turkey evangelism when I was living in the dorm. Uh, they shared the gospel with me, um, what's called the bridge illustration, uh, if you're familiar yeah. with navigators, um, and um, challenged me to make a decision right there. And, you know, and I said, well, no, I got to think about this. They came back a couple of days later. And in between that time, I had uh, prayed that God would, that Jesus would come into my heart and change me yeah. and forgive me. And um, so uh, that began uh, about a two-year involvement with Navigators, where I, uh, I actually I continued to attend the Catholic Church, but I was going to a Navigator Bible study. I was I began to read the Bible every day. The Bible began to make sense to me. Um, I was um, kind of being mentored uh, or followed up by one of the other upperclassmen students, and it was uh, just a very very rich and um, a rich time of discovery about personal yeah. faith yeah. because I, there was nothing personal about it before. I, prior to this, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. And somehow God protected me from a lot of the, the Catholic muddle-headedness because I 
I always thought praying to the saints was silly, so I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> um, I never really bought into this confession thing to the priest because I knew that priest was a chain smoker and you know and <laughs> i i somehow it didn't work with me yeah like, I, like chocolate knoxes well, yeah. <laughs> a chain vapor <laughs> chain vapor <laughs> um so uh and then later in college i i connected with another campus ministry campus crusade for christ and and i learned learned how to to be a little more initiative and aggressive in, in evangelism um and and again, I, I found that I enjoyed Bible studies. Um, I began to lead Bible studies myself, and began to just sense the Lord's calling and, and gifting somewhat in that area. And and it wasn't long before I had a passion, and I knew that that was what I wanted to do. Mm. And then um, after um, met my wife there at college too. She has a very similar conversion story, raised Catholic as well. But we got married uh, in 1980. Graduated in 81, and then we immediately applied for staff with Crusade. And then for the next, let's see, up until 86, excuse me, up until 95, we served with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Why did you choose Campus Crusade over Navigators? If You know, it there? just seemed at the time to be a better fit, yeah. and I was well-connected. I knew the the staff really well. I had uh-huh. one of the staff members there. His name was Steve Keller. Um uh, poured his life into me, uh, yeah. and there were other staff there, Phil James, mm. uh, Rich Blue, and their wives were ministering to my young wife at the time, and, yeah. and mm. so it, it was just a very—we were involved also with First Baptist Church Corvallis, and we were um, became members there. I was baptized, re-baptized, I should say. We forgive you. So I look back on all that, and of course I could be critical of this and that. Sure, but, sure. But I am just full of gratitude that God, God, um, grabbed me. So what, what about what about college campus that has been so? Uh, I mean, besides you becoming Christian, what's been so important about college campus, uh, and why is that such a focus for you? Well, it, it's a challenge to be concise about that. Uh, I guess from my own background, I know that when I got there as a young 18-year-old knucklehead, I was a sitting duck. Uh, okay, <laughs> I was like that that the naive one in Proverbs 9. I'm walking down the public street. I hear the voice of wisdom from one side call, and I hear the voice of folly. And where am I going to go? Well, whichever voice I happen to hear at the time. That, that, yeah. that tends to be where... Hmm. Not only uh, unconverted 18-year-olds, that's not merely describing them, but unfortunately that's describing a lot of Christian 18-year-olds who go to a secular school. They're just not ready for it. um, Maybe this will narrow Gabe's question down just a little bit. So given all this time you've spent in campus ministry, what are the most important things for a campus ministry to do? I mean, if you could, you know, if you could whittle it down to, I don't know, two or three things, like if, if nothing else, you've got to do this, given this sitting duck situation, what mm-hmm. do we got to do? Okay. Let me, I'm going to answer that a little, maybe strangely. Let me put it this way. If I had the authority to, to do this, this mm-hmm. is how I would address that question. Yeah. Okay. I would mandate that every um, high school graduate, guy or gal, is required to be not only involved, remain involved in, in a church, but be involved in a small group Bible study uh, while they're the first two years they're on, uh, they're, they're at school. Now, 
Um, it's like mandatory military service. Right. So if I could do that, yeah, that would solve. I not only would that solve in terms of my passion, my mission, and what I want to do, and make it easier. Not that easy is the whole thing, but I think that would eliminate about ninety percent of all pastoral headaches. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Am, wow. I, am I overstating it? I don't know, but I'm, I'm getting excited. Like, it's, well, ninety percent of my headaches. Okay. okay. Well, think about it for a minute. Say my, what is, what my is ibuprofen? What is the the primary source of problems in the church? Isn't it unmarried males doing stupid stuff? Oh, 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 oh. I don't I don't know, Toby. Pastor, Toby. Toby. Oh. It's a lot. It's a lot. Toby. Yeah. Toby okay. pleads the fifth. It's a lot. Okay, wow, so so back to your question. Uh, what's the most important thing? You've got to get the young men involved in a, uh, a situation where there's a small group, um, an accountability group, where they are being exhorted. In, in Hebrews 10, 24, uh, 25, um, and let us consider how to uh, exhort one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembling together. As is the habit of some, and exhorting one another as you see the day approaching. Yeah. So, you can't be ex- exhorted if you don't assemble, and you can't exhort if you don't assemble. Mm-hmm. And so many young guys, in particular, and in, in gals, but I'd say not as much, they they go into a state a, a state of isolation. And this isn't just this is Christian kids. This is mm. kids that kids that have grown up with a Christian education, mm. and of course it can be. Uh, not as dangerous if they go to a Christian school, of course, but if they step onto a secular campus and they are not plugged in, if their if their home foundation isn't set, if they're not continue, they're not still connected to the home church, um, that's where they're incredibly yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. that's where they're the. City I remember. Down. I remember when I first started going on campus a few years ago to do evangelism. You know, when I went out, I was thinking, okay, I'm getting ready to preach and share the gospel with, um, with you know, unbelievers, and and I, and I, okay, and I'm and so I'm like, you know, I'm all like, I'm armed for that, right? You know, kind of game. You know, I'm like, okay, unbelievers, and 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 the thing I think that probably surprised me the most was the fact that I think over half of the kids I talked to, yeah, most of the kids I talked to, grew up in the church. Yep. Wow. They came to college, and they and this is the same story. 15th, 20th verse, same, same song yeah. over yeah. and over again. I grew up in the church, I came to college, and then I'm just not really into religion anymore. Mm-hmm. I, re- I took some science classes and not into religion anymore. I took philosophy classes, I'm not into religion anymore. I just don't need that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. And I realized that I'm out here evangelizing Christian kids. A bunch of church kids. A bunch yeah. of church kids, yeah. which goes back to something you were talking about earlier about the weakness of the church, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the watered-downness of the church. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons I come out here and like, that's all it took? Yeah, yeah. You know, like they're going to I mean, class? Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're out. And But I'm sitting there trying to convince. So, I, you know, I, I feel like that evangelism on campus is like, it's for, like, I'm thinking about their youth pastors and their parents yeah. and, their, and their Sunday school teachers and their pastors back home that, you know, whatever their faults, whatever the weaknesses, at least tried to share the gospel with them. And now they've got these kids walking away from the faith. And it's, and, but we got to, you know, we got to evangelize these and so- the, uh, Christian kids. Along with that, these kids typically aren't planning to abandon the faith right. when they go to college. They, they weren't planning anything, probably. Right, right. They're, the not, they're not planning anything. But, but often uh, what takes place, and you mentioned the science class, you know, uh, the, the evolutionist or yeah. evolutionary perspective is just poured on and poured on and poured on. 
And they may hang out or hold out for a year, but it continues to build up their seeds of doubt sown. And if those seeds aren't dealt with, if they're not equipped, right. if they don't have a place to go and ask questions, so many kids just get so rattled because they they get a question and they don't have an answer for it. Right. What they need to know is that, okay, you may not have an answer, but there is one. Right. Okay. And you got to be hungry for it and you right. got to know where to go for well, it. Well, it's a stick and a carrot, too, because they're getting beat on the one hand right. with this undifferent, an alien narrative, evolution, um, that, you know, the, the church is the, pro- is the source of all of our Western problems, mm-hmm. you know, Western, uh, you know, racism and patriarchalism and all this stuff. That's all from the church, and so we need yeah. to be freed from that. And then on the other hand, you got the carrot of, and it's okay, sleep with whoever you want. Right, right. You know, so you got this, you know, and if, so if you don't deal with the, the doubts, then, you know, the doubts eat at you, and then you've also got this offer of, like, but you can be happy this way, and then it, right. and that right. seems like the solution. What are your tools that when you're out there, um, what do you do? Is there a place that you stand, that you go? How are you engaging <laughs> these kids in the culture, and how can someone go and do what you're doing at their local college? Well, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to answer that really well because I think I'm in a unique situation. I almost exclusively am dealing with kids in our own church. I and I'm a full-time campus pastor, and I don't have time for a whole lot more than that. Now, we mm. do do— Well, we, we do, also have—at Christ Church, we have uh, 150 college students at, at Christ Church. Right, right. You right. Know, so and then Trinity's got another 100 or so. Right, and right, so right, it, right. we got a lot of kids between our two so ministries. My, little context my gifts and uh, ministry skills are more on the line of discipleship, mentoring, right. counseling, uh, leading small groups. Sounds like a second dad almost. Uh, un- <laughs> yeah, yeah un- very you know, much. Unfortunately, that, not, that's not, well, yeah, it's uh, like that, sorry. No, you're, it's okay. And it's fine. That's your gift. Um, so um, my, uh, my ministry, the heart of my ministry is, is personal discipleship within a small group Bible study, and then I personally mentor guys. Um, and uh the ministry we do things like we're a part of the Vodibakum event coming up next week, so we do large. What event is that? Events. What, what, event coming up next week? Yeah, yeah, I'll let Gabe talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so we do more of this large group evangelism in terms of my role and within Christ Church. Now, Toby over at TRC, they're involved in in a whole lot more of the out there open air preaching, right? And and a, a lot, you know, a handful of our kids get involved with that as well. But but we we kind of have a little. Two different styles, I guess, in a sense of what we do on campus. Some but, of it also is the fact that um, we're we're also not try, we're trying not to re, to duplicate what's being done well. And right, so I right. told Matt this a number of times, and I tell my kids this as well. But like, I love the fact that Matt's got this small group program already going. So I meet a new student, and I say, "So which small group are you involved in?" Right. And if they say what, or mm. you know, "Oh, I'm not in a small group," I say, "Why not?" <laughs> you know, and yeah. so and so there's go that, talk to Matt. Yeah, so I do, and I send people to Matt, or I say go find out what the small groups are. At least yeah. get involved in a parish group, a Bible study of some sort. Right. You need to get plugged in. That's already happening, so we didn't need to reinvent the wheel when it came to that. Same thing with some of these big events. We kind of went together a little bit more on the Vody Bakum thing this time, but the evangelism thing was just something that's kind of on my heart. And there've been a few other people at Trinity that have all it's all been on just been on our hearts, and it wasn't being done as much. And so we just trying to fill that void, but. Yeah. Um, we, we go out, 
um, we have a, an evangelism intern, and um, and I've and I've been working with several other young guys, and we we actually have been over the last three years or maybe four years now. Um, try to do actually some regular open air preaching. Uh, we just go find an open sec, you know, part of the square. You guys are thinking wisely about this. You go find where people are. At. Yeah, where people are, where they're hanging out. You know, obviously when the weather's warm, that's nice. Otherwise, you just preaching to the smokers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the, they need the gospel sm- too. Though. Smokers need the gospel you know, too. Vapors need the gospel. <laughs> but uh, you know, but we, yeah, we, and the idea is, of course, to you know maybe get some people to think. Some people you get you draw um, people in. Maybe maybe uh, you know it's, you get into a conversation, get into a discussion. Um, sometimes it's a little provocative. Sometimes it, it's a little bit, um, I don't know what you call, you know, kind of raucous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes a good raucous, you know, somebody is mad at you it draws a crowd. Draws a crowd. That's right. Which is seems to be Paul's example in Acts. That's right. You know, go yeah. make somebody mad, and then share the gospel with the crowd. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's like kind of the story yeah. of Acts. Yeah. And then and and that's you know that's what we've seen happen. We've 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 been able to you know you, people maybe wouldn't want to listen because they'd be they'd stand out. But if you can get somebody, you know, if somebody comes at you. And you start answering their questions. We've had you know crowds of 100, 150 people gather around, and yeah, they just I'm exp- I'm explaining the gospel. I'm I'm explaining what the Bible says. Um, you know, so- what, just just before we sum this up, as you guys were talking, I kept thinking about there's a shortage of fathers doing what they're supposed to do and the discipling of their children, parents. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and churches who are supposed to be behind that, fueling that, right? But there's just so much um, that I think we can head off by being good fathers, you know, now, being, being now. now, right now, yeah. right. You know, and that would make your job, right. <laughs> Amen. you know, a lot yeah. easier and your two, yours too, pastor. So, yeah. you know, I mean, um, exhort, yeah. be a good father, take some time out, read the Bible to your kids, right. pray with your kids, yeah. love your wife. Well, remember, remember too, that I mean, like fathers are discipling nations. That's right. When they disciple their children. Ooh. Right, come yeah, on, pass. Right. I'm, I don't so, have the organ for so, you right so now. So, really quickly before you sign us off, though, so we got why gay is not the new black Thursday, Thursday. night this coming Thursday with Vody Bacham, That's new right. campus. That's right at the what's it called International Ballroom, Bruce Pittman Center, International Ballroom. That's a seven thirty. Uh, why gay is not the new black, and then we got and and it's already going to be protested. We already got word that it's oh, gonna be protested. so we're going to have yeah. some ruckus. Yeah, all right, we'll have some ruckus and, and preach the gospel. Share the gospel. There we <laughs> That's go. Right. And then on Friday, Cross Politics hosting Disputatio, yes. three o'clock at the New Art yep. Theater, three to four thirty. Um, and uh, and we're that's, that's going to be crazy. That's with Vody and with Pastor Doug Wilson yes. talking about church and race stuff. Yes. Hopefully, we get to see the angry Vody. <laughs> I want to know who this angry Vody is. I'll tell you guys when okay. you get off the show. Uh, and then Friday night, the Epiphany Lectures kick off at Trinity Reformed Church, uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, I think there's still room to register. Find it online. Uh, TrinityKirk.com has uh, links to register for that. Did you sign me up for that? Uh, I wanna be, I'm, just, I'm you, operating camera, so I got a free seat, right? Yeah, you do. Okay, good. You got to be there. <laughs> uh, we got one session on Friday with a Q&A, and then three more sessions Saturday morning and a Q&A finishing up around lunchtime. Um, and, and if you're local or within drive, distance come on down can i play music now play music here we go hey it's been great thanks for joining us matt <laughs> yeah thank uh, my you my pleasure thanks, thank matt. you yeah thanks for all you do here in our community it's really really thanks. huge until next week love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politics